Do you want victory? You can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder and executive director of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. Folks, my guest today is Oz Hillman. He's an internationally recognized speaker, author, and consultant on the subject of faith in the workplace. He's written 20 books on faith and work-related subjects. He writes a daily workplace email devotional titled TGIF, Today, God is First. He's been featured on NBC, CNBC, the Los Angeles Times, the New York Times, and the Associated Press, but we're still going to have him on our show. Because just because just because he talks to those people doesn't mean you can't believe anything he says. Oz is the founder and president of Marketplace Leaders, an organization designed to equip others to live out their calling in and through the marketplace. And uh, he and his wife live in Atlanta, Georgia. He has one daughter and a son-in-law. Oz, welcome to the broadcast. Jim, good to be with you. Thanks for having me on today. You bet. Now, you're considered an expert on topics related to faith in the workplace. What are, what are some of the common concerns and challenges among Christians that you see when it comes to faith at work? Well, for the last 20 years, we've been helping uh, men and women understand the spiritual value of work and that when they go to work on Monday that they don't need to check their faith at the door, but actually, based on what the Scripture tells us about work, it's actually a place where we can see it as a ministry ourselves. That, you know, Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, do unto the Lord. It's the Lord Christ you are serving, and Amen. therein is in your inheritance. Amen. A lot of people see work as, as uh, a curse, and it's not at all. It was something that we were given before the fall. And uh, it's a blessing. It's a privilege. And it is, as you point out from Colossians, a way in which we serve and honor the Lord. Um, our work became frustrating as a result of sin. But our work is still a tremendous opportunity to serve the Lord. Now, tell us about the book we'll be discussing, um, 31 Decrees of Blessing for Your Work Life. Uh, what what motivated you to write that book, and uh, how do you believe it can encourage Christians in the workplace? Well, my publisher um, had been doing a series of books called 31 Decrees of Blessing for uh, women, for men, for, you know, various topics, and I noticed that they hadn't done one for work, and I said, hey, what about the workplace, you know, this is a great place for a book like this, and he says, yeah. You're right. You write it. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I have um, felt like that for most of us, uh, those of us in the workplace, we, we have our toolbox of worship, devotions, giving, you know, our prayer life, evangelism, and so forth, Bible study. But one of the things I saw missing was the spoken word, mm. understanding 
the power of the spoken word and how God used the spoken word even in Genesis. He spoke the worlds into existence. Uh, he said, let there be light, and there was light. He said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and on and on. In Genesis 1 and 2, we see mm -hmm. how the Word of God, Jesus is described as the Word. And so we also saw in the scriptures where Jesus spoke to things, and God told certain people in the Old Testament to speak to things. He told um, uh, Moses one time, he said, instead of striking the rock, I want you to speak to the rock. He told Ezekiel to speak to the dry bones. Um, and uh, Joshua walked around the walls and spoke to those walls after seven times of walking around them. Mm -hmm. And Jesus spoke to the fig tree. Uh, he spoke to Lazarus to come out of the the uh, grave, and he spoke to Peter. Spoke to the crippled man. So there was a lot of examples of people speaking, uh, you know, proclamations. And you know, this is based. the The principle is based in Job twenty two twenty eight. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee. And the light shall shine upon thy ways. So we're not talking about naming and claiming it, but we're talking about uh, expressing audibly the Word of God over situations. Mm -hmm. And again, I want to stress something you just said, and that is we're talking about speaking the Word of God as opposed to just whatever comes into our head, whatever we feel like, whatever we think would be a great idea. Speaking the Word of God over a situation uh, a word that, That's right. that, you know, God has revealed in his eternal word, his complete, perfect word. We're not adding to the Bible. We're taking what God has given us and using that to speak into a situation. Yeah, in Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus tells the disciples, I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they will say will happen, it will be done for them. And so there are times where the Holy Spirit might have you speak to a certain situation, just like God told Moses to speak to the rock. You know, one time years ago when I was first getting published, uh, I had to take a thousand copies of, a, of the book as part of my agreement with the publisher since I was a new author. And the Internet was really just getting going. And, you know, after several months, I noticed that I was only selling two or three books a week. And, and all of a sudden, this verse popped into my head. And so I walked downstairs to my basement, and I laid my hands on the books. And I, I said, in the name of Jesus, this mountain of books, get out of the basement and go be a blessing to someone who can use these books. <laughs> <laughs> I felt kind of funny doing that. But... It was Saturday, and, you know, I worked out of my home, and uh, I got a phone call that afternoon at 2 o'clock from a ministry in the workplace that called me and ordered 300 books from me. It was a $3,000 order, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I said, wow, this stuff works. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do believe that we are given, those who are in Christ, are given authority in Christ. But it is always, they ask Jesus, where did you get the authority to do the things you do? He said, I only say what the Father tells me to say. 
and I, I only right. do the things the Father tells me to do. He wasn't telling God what to do. Um, he was listening to his Father, and he was putting into practice what the Father told him and speaking what the Father told him to say. And that was why the mountains moved. And if God told you to do that, brother, I'm delighted. But uh, I, I know some folks think that they can just speak their word into a situation, and it does not have the same effect as God's word. No, and God instructs us, and Jesus tells us to those who are sons of God are led by the Spirit of God, and we need to be listening for when he's instructing us to do whatever. Mm -hmm. Matthew sixteen nineteen is the verse you're referring to about authority. Mm -hmm. I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, whatever you bind on earth and will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So we have to be led by God, and uh, God isn't our genie, but the Holy Spirit does work in the hearts and minds of his people to lead us and to uh, give us those experiences that are exciting. It's the exciting Christian life. It's not just a, a life that we live on do's and don'ts, but mm -hmm. it's a two-way relationship with God through Christ. Well, you talk about the fact that Christians should know how to pray for God's favor and blessings in work, which you, which you believe requires spiritual maturity and Bible study, not name it and claim it, as you said. That's right. Yeah, he calls us to abide. And so the way the book is laid out is that we share a story each day, and then that story has a particular theme. And so then we, we provide ten decrees, statements, that we ask the person to read out loud uh, that are based on Scripture. And then we have a little paragraph called the activation. And that's where we just encourage them to activate their faith in this area and the prayer at the end. So it provides 31 different days on different topics. Uh, and, uh, you know, my wife and I go through it uh, month after month and just read the decrees for each day. And you've seen how God has used this effectively to bring blessing into situations, haven't you? Absolutely. You know, my wife and I both have stories of uh, where we uh, used the spoken word and got a breakthrough in that particular situation that uh, we both looked at each other and, you know, we just said, wow, uh, the power of God uh, worked in that particular situation yep. because of this decree that we made over that situation. And, and again, this is not about just being selfish and trying to get God to do what we want. This is us lining up with what God reveals in his word that he wants us to do. One of the topics, uh, day 13, speak favor over your enemies. Matthew 5, 44 and 45, love your enemy. Bless the one who curses you. Do something wonderful for the one who hates you, etc. And what are, what are some responsibilities that business owners must remember regarding helping the poor. And I would say not just business owners, but people in general who are following Christ regarding helping the poor and tithing and making a cultural impact. What are, what are some responsibilities there that this book helps call out in people? Yeah, well, we talk about um, giving and sowing and reaping. And, you know, there's a great uh, story of Boaz in the mm -hmm. Old Testament where he would leave the gleanings in his 
uh, farm mm -hmm. for the poor to come and work the field. Mm -hmm. It was their form of caring for the poor, but they had to actually participate in the process. Yes. So he had, uh, you know, resource that he made available. It was kind of like him sowing into those less fortunate, but he didn't just come out and give it to them. He made it available for them to work it to be able to get it. And yes. so that was a biblical principle in the Old Testament. Absolutely. That was one of the things God had commanded his people to do. And Boaz was a great right. example of one who was doing what God had said in his word. So exactly. I, I, I love the fact that, as you point out, if the person wanted to receive the benefit, if a person was poor and wanted to receive the benefit of that, there was work involved. Um, you, you know, you don't just give somebody a handout, you give them a job. But you make it possible for them to do what you're asking of them. Um, exactly. Now, in success or even uncertain and difficult times, you believe that we need to know God can use us to further his kingdom. Talk with us about that for a moment, if you would. Well, in, you know, the, in the, when I talk about the idea of work, there are a lot of dimensions to work. You know, there's the aspect that our work is worship, that, um, you know, Colossians 3.23, that whatever we do, do unto the Lord, because that's what makes it ministry, by doing whatever work we're doing unto the Lord. And as we do those things, God uses our work to expand his kingdom and to build his kingdom. In fact, Deuteronomy 8.18 says that he gives us the ability to create wealth to establish his kingdom on earth. So God gives you different measure of influence through your work life. And it doesn't matter where you are on the totem pole either. You could be a secretary or a maid or a vice president, and God will use you in any of those spheres to, you know, make an impact. Amen. Amen. I, I introduced the uh, fellow who was the head of a bakery in Atlanta years ago. He was part of the Fellowship of Companies for Christ. And uh, I had invited him to speak to the men in our church at a men's breakfast. And, uh, and I introduced him as the owner of that business and said a number of things about him that, that I understood to be the case. And he got up and he said, uh, well, I want to thank you, Jim, for that introduction. But he said, I, I do need to, he said, you were very kind, but I do need to correct one thing you said. He said, you, you said that I was the owner of the bakery, and he said, that's not accurate. And I just thought, oh, no, I can't, you know, I can't believe I was misinformed. And, and he said, God is the owner of the bakery. I just work for him. And this was a guy who I've known now. He's now in his 80s. And um, they sold the bakery years ago. But this was a guy who really took that seriously. That wasn't just some, you know, little nice thing to say at the start of a talk. He really saw the bakery as being something that ultimately belonged to God because everything does. GM belongs to God. Um, you know, the Hilton Corporation belongs to God. Everything belongs to God. Some people just don't know it. They don't realize who it is that we're all working for. And as a result, they're not good stewards often. But 
if we recognize that God is the owner ultimately of the entire universe which he has created, and that when he gives us the opportunity to, in our minds, create something, we're really just doing what he has given us the capacity to do. As Paul says, what do you have that you didn't receive? If you bring that mindset to the workplace, it makes a world of difference, doesn't it? It does. In fact, uh, day one uh, in the devotional is a story about a person just like that. Stanley Tam uh, started a plastics business yes. in 1956. and uh, But in this uh, description of his life, he has generated over $140 million toward building God's kingdom on the earth. He actually transferred the ownership of his business to God in a legal transaction <laughs> and so that the proceeds of the business are always uh, being given to the Lord's work all over the world. Praise God. And, you know, the testimony of people like that is that you cannot outgive God. Uh, I've never heard anybody who said, you know, I really regret uh, what I invested in kingdom work. <laughs> I've, I've, heard, I've heard a lot of people who sounded more like Oscar Schindler when he finally got word that the Nazis had been crushed. And, uh, and he began to think, they were telling him, you know, you're so great, you did so much. And he was saying, I could have done so much more. If only I'd done more. And uh, if, if people understand that it all belongs to God, and your example of, of Mr. Tam is wonderful, um, but if people understand that, that's not something that burdens us, that, oh, no, now I've got to do this. It's something that frees us to do what the Lord leads us to do and to know that, you know, instead of operating out of a mindset of scarcity and survival, uh, we are put into a position of blessing. The, the woman, the widow, who thought she only had enough left to fix one meal and then she and her son were going to die of starvation. And God had spoken to her about helping Elijah before Elijah got there. And Elijah said, you need to fix something for me first. Now, that wasn't Elijah being selfish. He was, again, acting on what God had spoken. And when she did what God had decreed and what he spoke through the prophet, God provided day after day after day after day. I've seen God miraculously provide here at Wares Valley Ranch so many times when it seemed like, how in the world are we going to be able to meet this need? And God knew ahead of time and was giving us an opportunity to see him miraculously provide. Now, a lot of folks want to share their faith, for instance, at work, but they feel constricted because of legal reasons and so forth. What's your advice to them? Well, I think there's some very simple things that can guide you in that process. First, we need to give our employers our first fruit in our work and do it well and do it with excellence. And we don't use company time to share our faith uh, audibly with others because that would be stealing time from our employers. But we've got uh, opportunities to build relationship with people before work hours, during breaks, lunchtime, and after hours. And so I like to say that, you know, be Jesus at your workplace. 
do your work with excellence and integrity, but also in building relationships, just use the time on your own time to share the gospel, to uh, serve other people, to pray for other people. And uh, as long as you do that, you'll never have a problem. Amen. And if you do have a problem, rejoice, because in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. If you are, I mean, there are folks who are singled out very unfairly, and, uh, and, and yet even in that, we don't have to be walking in fear. We can rest in the fact that God knows. If you look at, at Joseph, I loved what you said earlier about the fact that whether you're the person who comes in and cleans the place or whether you are vice president of the place, whether you're the owner, whatever your rank in, in your workplace is. If you look at Joseph's life, he started out as a slave. And because he did the right thing and was faithful and obedient to God and to his earthly master, he gets falsely accused of rape or attempted rape and, and gets imprisoned. And it didn't look, like, didn't look like God was blessing, but God was with him. That's right. And there he is in prison, right. and he eventually gets promoted in the prison to being the guy who kind of ran the prison, but he's still a prisoner, and he's not liking it. He says to the baker and the uh, wine taster, you know, I, I don't belong here. If you get out of here, Mr. Wine Taster, or when you get out of here, tell Pharaoh that uh, I should not be imprisoned here. I haven't done anything wrong. This isn't my country. And it doesn't happen for years until it was just the right time. And God can use you wherever you are, whatever you're called on to do, whatever your responsibilities at work may be. You can be there as an ambassador for Jesus Christ. And as you said, build relationships, and then on your own time, look for opportunities to share the gospel. That's right. Well, let me also say that uh, for those listening, that if you want to go deeper in this topic, we set up a actually a video on this book at 31decrees.com, mm-hmm. 31decrees.com, and it'll allow you to understand more of what's in the book and the biblical basis for decreeing over situations, and I know that'll be helpful for people. Marketplace Leaders uh, was founded in 1996, and we have been helping men and women understand how to, their, how to bring their faith into the marketplace, and how to be cultural change agents. And so we, we're primarily a training uh, organization. We have lots of tools. Our daily devotional, Today God is First, mm-hmm. is a uh, devotional that is read in 104 countries, and it's free at todaygodisfirst.com. Uh, we have a, uh, an equipping program. Uh, called Change Agent Master Mentor Program that uh, has over 38 courses and 140 classes. Those who want to go deeper in understanding how do I manifest God's presence in the area of my calling. And uh, so that's another uh, resource that we have. But you can find it all at our website at marketplaceleaders.org. Well, and I would encourage folks to go to marketplaceleaders.org and check out the website and the resources that are there. I always appreciate folks who have been blessed by God and are eager to give it away, to share with others. And so I, I appreciate, Oz, the fact that you have been uh, seeking to be faithful. 
you and your wife in sharing what God has done in your life. This isn't something that's theoretical with you. This is something that's very experiential. You've walked it out. You've put it into practice. And God has honored it in your life. So I thank you for your desire to uh, give other folks the same capacity that God has blessed you with to be a blessing to others. And as you say, to be a change agent. Jesus said, not, hey, I need some folks who are willing to be salt. He said, you are the salt of the earth. The question is, are you going to be salty salt? You are the light of this world. Are you going to shine? So, Oz, thank you for encouraging folks to be salty and to be shining wherever they are. And uh, I appreciate your book. God bless you. Thank you, Jim. God bless you. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.